Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, it's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Danko and Barty Jerkdish. It's time now for the bigger picture. Yes, indeed. And we're looking at expectations of growth being dialed back globally in recent days, as well as for major economies like China. Should we worry or not? Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital, is on the line. Shane, good day, mate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Have you are too? Certainly we are, sir. Let's talk about how uh, this week we've heard Fed Reserve Chair Jerome Powell in Congress uh, giving testimony, declaring that the U.S. economy is both healthy enough and in need of tighter monetary policy. We're expecting a series of rate hikes. We're hearing it could be four, along with other reductions in Fed support. Let's talk about how this could potentially impact markets this year. Well, the bottom line is that rate hikes are normally seen as negative for share markets. And, of course, we, the first hike in the cycle usually causes a bit of uncertainty. Uh, historically, it has anyway. But the real problem kicks in when monetary policy becomes very tight. And, of course, we're not at that point yet. And probably, we, if we, even if we get four hikes this year, that will only take us to a Fed funds rate in the US is somewhere between 1% to 1.25%, which is still relatively easy in the great scheme of things. Don't forget inflation's around 7%, uh, so the real interest rate will still be heavily negative. So I think providing Fed rate hikes aren't overly aggressive and we don't move into tight monetary policy, then shares should still be able to move forward. But it will be a more volatile ride because these very low interest rates have clearly underpinned strong gains in the US and other share markets last year, not so much in Asia. Um, Now that we're moving towards tighter monetary policy, that's going to result in a more volatile ride. And of course, we've already seen that. The start of this year has seen Mm. some volatility, particularly last week with share markets falling. So I think investors should get used to the idea we're going to see much more constrained returns and more volatility. Some people have uh, raised the question of whether the Fed might pick up the pace even further, uh, given that inflation seems to be here to stay, at least in the medium term. Where do you stand on this? Look, to be honest with you, I tend to agree with that. I think the Fed probably will have to pick up the pace. The general expectation now is for four hikes this year for quantitative easing to end uh, either in January or March. Um, But you'd have to say there is a risk that uh, the first hike will come as early as March. Uh, that quantitative easing could now end this month, later this month. They could just say, well, that's it. We're not going to keep tapering. We'll just end it straight away. And that we'll get quantitative tightening by the end of the year. And all up, it, it uh, leads to five hikes. So I'd have to say the risk is towards tighter monetary policy rather than easier policy. Um, that pickup in inflation we've seen, we've, we've got inflation at 7%, highest since 1982, even if you strip out energy and food, um, it's the highest since since 1991. So they're very high numbers. Uh, Of course, the pandemic has played a huge role in distorting uh, inflation on the upside because it's boosted goods demand at the expense of services and it's disrupted supply. Um, But with Omicron, um, that could go on for a little bit longer. And the longer these high inflation numbers go on, the more it becomes entrenched and the more the Fed will have to tighten monetary policy. So Ultimately, the risks are skewed towards a more aggressive tightening by the Fed, even though we still think that by the end of the year, monetary policy will still be, still be easy in a historical context. What does that do 
reflecting to the emerging and developing economies. We already have the World Bank slashing its global growth forecast for both this year and next. What are your thoughts? Well, the, the, the growth numbers the World Bank's putting up are still pretty strong, you know, 5.5% for 2021 and 4.5% for 2022, uh, slowing to 3% in 2023, which sort of gets us back to a more normal range. So they, they have slowed down their numbers, reduced them, but they haven't. I mean, they're still pretty solid growth numbers, and I think others like the IMF will come up with similar numbers. Um, the IMF numbers probably a little bit higher because they report them on a different basis. But uh, so... Yes, they. I mean, I, I know you refer to them slashing them, but in the great scheme of things, they're still mm-hmm. fairly solid. That's still a reasonable growth profile globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we also got to be careful that we're in the midst of this Omicron variant wave. It appears pretty bleak, but there is cause for some optimism looking beyond that because Omicron is more transmissible, but it's less harmful. There's less people in hospital relative yeah. to the number of cases. And that could still cause problems and it's causing disruption right now, but it could also be part of the process along with vaccines and better treatments for coronavirus to get us out of this uh, mess we're in with the pandemic and see the situation becoming endemic and we learn to live with it. Um, So we may may be going through the worst of it right now and that provides a bit of optimism. There's still a lot of pent-up demand out there, a lot of pent-up savings in the US, $2.3 trillion of pent-up savings, which will support growth. The Chinese authorities... Um, moving to start stimulating. They're in a slightly different point in the cycle. They started to tighten last year as other countries were still easing, whereas China is is now starting to ease again. Um, So maybe as the year proceeds, we'll see somewhat stronger growth coming out of China, Um, even though right now we know that China has slowed down. Mm. I mean, speaking of China, let's discuss that further. Uh, You talked about expecting stronger growth, uh, but Goldman Sachs, for one, has cut its 2022 forecast for economic growth for China to 4.3%, down from 4.8%. Of course, they're expecting increased restrictions on business activity aimed at containing Omicron. So how do you factor those types of views into your sentiment on China? Yeah, I must admit the outlook for China is a little bit confused in the short term because they've still got this zero COVID strategy. Uh, Their vaccines are known to be not as effective against uh, Omicron. Uh, I know there's issues with all vaccines against Omicron, but the ones from China are known to be less effective, even less effective. And if you're going to have a zero COVID strategy, then that means lockdowns, which obviously affects economic activity. Uh, so that's putting a bit of a cloud over Chinese growth in the short term, and it's unclear as to how they resolve that. But by the same token, they do have a good track record of controlling things, whichever way you look at it. They did manage to get things under control back in 2020 a lot quicker than many other countries did. And they also seem to be moving towards monetary stimulus. So I would characterise China as being very uncertain in the short term, right here, right now, for the next quarter or so. But I'm optimistic that growth will then pick up again later in the year. So in that sense, I wouldn't be revising down our 2023 forecast. If anything, there's more upside, I think, for later this year and into 2023. Shane, just to wrap things up and to take a longer view of 2022, uh, there are a couple things worth watching out for. One of it in particular, the U.S. midterm elections in November. Uh, How do you think that might steer markets? Well, a lot of people would say, well, who cares about the midterms? We know who the president is. He remains. But historically, the midterms do matter a lot. Uh, This is the second year in the new president's term. The second year historically has has seen the lowest average returns out of U.S. 
pairs out of the four-year cycle. Year two is usually the weakest. And historically, uh, in midterm election years since 2050, sorry, since 1950, not 2050, <laughs> since 1950, mm. uh, looking at all the midterm years, and they occur every four years, of course, the average drawdown in US shares has been a whopping 17%. The last one, of course, was 2018, when US share market fell almost 20%. So this, these midterm election years in US have a habit of creating a lot more volatility in shares. Now, the good news is uh, that after the market bottoms, you get about a 30% rebound on average mm. since 1950. Um, but that may not occur until next year. But history tells us that this will be a lot will be a more volatile year in the US. We had a very calm 2021. I know it wasn't so good for Asian shares, but US shares, the biggest drawdown they had in 2021 was just 5%. But history tells us after a calm year, you normally get a volatile year. So midterms basically telling us that political risk in the US is going to rise again. We're going to see a return to gridlock. Uh, likelihood is that the Democrats will lose control of probably the House and possibly also the Senate, which means uh, Biden won't have control of, of uh, those arms of government like he has for the last uh, year or so. And so th- that's all going to create more volatility. So we're going to be back to focusing on political risk in the US and that might result in a more volatile ride. I guess the good news is that other share markets may be able to outperform through that because other share markets, other countries are not seeing quite the inflation concerns the US is seeing and they don't have the same political risk as the US. So maybe at last we'll see other markets start to outperform the US. Right. Sounds like good news, depending on which part of the world you're in. Uh, Thank you very much for that, Shane. Shane Oliver, Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital. You stay safe and take care, Shane. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.